Welcome back to Sports Dump, Lewis County's only sports podcast, sponsored by Elam's Home Furnishings and Mattress Gallery, Global Septic, and AmeriCool Heating and Cooling. And fellas, we're in the end game now. It's a callback for all you uh, listeners from last year, I guess. Yeah, that was, was that Alex thing? Yeah. You just love to say we're in the end game now? Well, no, you love to tell Alec that. Well, I just like to troll Alec because he's such a yeah. cinephile. I don't think he approved of the Marvel movies. Are we in the end game now? Yeah, we're in the end game now. I, I think so. We've got to be. To quote him last season, basketball just started, so I don't know. Yeah. I, <laughs> yes. Uh, do, you, do you want to do movie talk, Josh? Or do you I, want to get don't. into, is wanna, football happening? Uh, yeah, let's talk about sports. Do you want to talk about UW? We could if we'll, you We'll want, get to that later. But we'll bring it up at the end. Go Cubs. The state football semifinals occurred they did. on Saturday. You guys were all there. You looked great out there. You were there, weren't you? I stayed for the first half, yeah. <laughs> it was cold. I had my kid with me. It was cold. We were like, let's go Costco and get some hot dogs. We did that. <laughs> that sounds um, like fun. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. You know what I got? That was my first half of football this season. It was great. Uh, semifinals recap. In the two Bs. At Tumwater District Stadium on Sidon Field on Saturday, Napavine defeated Onalaska 36-26. to Thoughts? It was a pretty good game. Glad it was close. Yeah. Much better than the first time they played. Yeah, yeah. It was it's the closest game for them, in a, for Napavine in a while. And, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, from what... I mean, you left at halftime, so it wasn't super close when you left. No, but for the first quarter or so, I was like, I got a pretty good feel for things. It was like, Onalaska's doing their thing. They need to play. They need to do this and play mistake-free football, and yeah. they could pull this off. And then they fumbled a kickoff. And yeah. Yeah, If Onalaska like had a solid pass coverage or just stopped the 50-yard bombs, they legitimately could have won this game. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and the, the big thing was talking about the first – that first half went the way it did. You know, Onalaska scored first. Napvine scored, what, the next 30 points. It was 30 to 12 at halftime, and then it was 36 to 12 at halftime. All right, 36 to 12 in the, into the four, third quarter, but Onalaska kept at it, right? The week, yeah. the week two game, it was 6 to nothing Onalaska, and then it was 36 to 6 Napvine, and then it just kept going. Whereas this time, Ani held on. They played, they were talking about they needed to play four quarters, and this was two teams that both played four quarters this time. One yeah. can say they kept on digging. They did they, keep on they digging. They did. They almost dug a little bit too much, if I'm going to be honest, because that's like, I don't know if you, I'd go so far as to say that if this game was 10 minutes longer, Ani had a real chance, but they, with, with the 12-minute the quarters that they were given, they did not have nearly enough time to do what they wanted to do. Yeah, there wasn't much of a sense of urgency, especially in that fourth quarter. I kept just looking and... You know, they're taking 30, 35 seconds off the play clock. If they were down one score, it would have been fine. But you're looking, all of a sudden, it gets below two minutes. And, yeah, they're in plus territory near the red zone. But even if you score, you still got to get an onside, and you still got to go score again. It felt, I mean, even if they had scored there on their final possession, it just felt like a long shot. But the fact yeah. that it was even within range at that point, first team they to do certainly that did enough to. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It, was, it, it really felt count. like there wasn't any urgency at all. You got guys just walking back to the line of scrimmage with like, like in the red zone with like a minute and a half left in the game down, down by 10. 10. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think part of it was all, I mean, we saw it against Kalama. Like the one thing that Napavine did was, and I got the feeling standing on the Napavine sideline, like they weren't getting down on themselves for giving up those chunk or those, you know, long drives. Cause they knew what was going on with the clock. Yeah. They were just focused on 
make sure Kaden Mazingo gets seven yards instead of 70. And they did a really good job of that because Ani is very good at 10 plays going for three yards and then one breaks for a touchdown. And they never got that against Napavine. And as long as Napavine could control that, they were happy to make them take 10 minutes to score. I mean, right. Navavine ran four plays in the fourth quarter. <laughs> they, like, Ani got the ball back with two minutes left in the third. They took all that time and five minutes more and scored a touchdown. And then Navavine went three and out. And then I think Ani got the ball with eight minutes left. And when did James Gross ended it with a pick with, like, a I minute? I want to say, like, 90 seconds yeah. at the most. So... All right, so this was the closest game against a 2B school for Napavine since the 2021 state title game. Uh, that was it, Harry Lang, wasn't it? It was. That was where I met Josh for the first time. You bought me a cup of coffee. He bummed some dollars off of me. He bummed a dollar off of you. Went on his merry way and came back warming his hands on a steaming cup of coffee. Oh, it was like one of the worst cups of coffee I've ever had. That was <laughs> god awful coffee. Uh, let's see. Ashton Demarest in this game was 14 to 21 passing. He started the game eight for 11 for 316 yards and three touchdowns. Pretty good. Yep. Connor Holmes had 201 yards on seven catches. Good game for him. Two, two touchdowns, two touchdowns and his two touchdowns. I think his first touchdown was a 57 yarder and his second touchdown was a 60 yarder. And then he set up their third touchdown. Uh, they had like third and nine in the inside the 10 and he got, they went over the top for like 50 yards to get to midfield. And then a, two plays later or something, uh, Ashton Demers take Kel Kelly for a, a 40 yard touchdown. It was the downfield yeah. passing game. And that, yeah, that second touchdown was kind of, it was in the second quarter. I believe it was as much of a backbreaker as a touchdown can be in the first half. I, if I remember correctly, on Alaska had scored to make it 14, 12 and we're all kind of sitting there and going, Hey, now like maybe we got something here. Next first play yeah. of the game. And yeah. it was one of, those, of drive. one of those Demarists just kind of gets out of the pocket, extends the plays just, and just makes it happen downfield. Connor's wide open. And well, no, I think that was what I kind of said in the intro to this game was if Napa minus passing game does that, that no game, no. game over. And that's pretty much what happened. Uh, for on Alaska, Caden Mazingo finished with 176 rushing yards. Rodrigo Rodriguez had 112 rushing yards. Zingo finishes the season with 2,279 rushing yards, while Rodriguez finishes with 2,033 rushing yards. First time in program history, um, two Onalaska kids had 2,000-yard uh, seasons. Pretty good. Uh, what did they finish here? Nine and three, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. Lost. Napavine yeah. is what? 11 and one, 12 and one. 11 and, 11 and one. Okay. Um. Yeah, that was one semifinal. We good will discuss. Good season for Ani. Yeah, good year for right. Alaska. Um, I will ask the thing I usually ask. We feel like they overachieved, underachieved, or did just what we thought. I think they did just what we thought. If we assume that on Alaska is top tier in the state again, and yeah, that's kind of their standard. For me personally, I coming into this season, I did not expect them to be top tier in the state, so they definitely exceeded my expectations. Yeah. I mean, just the having played them last year and watching them this year, the strides they made were just something Huge. I didn't think they could do. Yeah, in one year, I thought this was going to be a multi-year process for this rebuild, but now just 
one season, they're right back in the semifinals. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I feel like if you ask anybody other than you know Maz and Nelson and some kids wearing purple jerseys, that if they would see their season as a success by winding up in the semifinals and giving Napa Vine their best game against the two B school, um, after having seen as the only other team that beat them that year, yeah, it, it, they would probably see it as overachieving. Yeah, and we'll see on Saturday whether. I heard some people um, being like, that "This w- was the real state championship." Exactly. Game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, maybe it was. I. I don't know. Uh, the other uh, game at Tumwater on Saturday. Tumwater beat North Kitsap nineteen seventeen in the two A semifinals. The top ranked T Birds uh, picked up their third win over North Kitsap in the last fifteen months, and they're second by just two points. Remember the 8-6 beautiful game last year? I do not. It was 8-6, and it was as bad as that suggested. Sickos committee. It was a very (laughs) sickos game. This one was better than that. This game had a field goal. Multiple field goal attempts. Multiple field goal attempts. Finished one for three. Yes. On field goal attempts. Did we count that last one? Even field goal attempt. I'm counting that. Okay. I'd seen all season. Wow. I've been to a lot of 2B games. Yes, that's how you know you've good and big schools. I'm used to going to 2B schools and I see him line up for a field goal and I'm just like, Josh, Fake. what do I do? Fake. <laughs> he literally, he did come up to me because so Tom Water got the ball. It was 7-7 with like a minute left in the second in the second quarter and it was very obvious they had like third and a ton and they were going to run and, and try to take a field goal and we were standing, standing on the sideline and Cody's like, Josh, where do I go to get angles for this? <laughs> I was like, well, like, do I take photos from the sidelines or a video from under the goalpost? And... We figured something out. We the, sent, the kick was we sent wildly Co- yeah, missed. Said we, sent Co- we sent Cody <laughs> under the goalpost to get that shot, like looking up, and I don't believe the kick made it to the no, goalpost. It, it is, I don't did, think it made it to the end it zone. It was, it was the North Kitsap terribly. kid drilled one in the first half. He did, but yeah. North Kitsap yeah. kicker, dog. Uh, the game was tied 7-7 at halftime, but North Kitsap went into the fourth up 17-13. Tillmater took the lead early in the fourth on Cooper Clark's third touchdown, but missed the point after, so they were only up two. Uh, the Vikings botched a snap on what would have been the go-ahead field goal with six minutes left. Is this one you're talking about? No, oh, no, this is no. So this, this is was, a different missed field goal. Well, they didn't even miss this field goal. The snap went into the ground, and the holder picked it up and saw five defenders running at him, and uh, was like, Just "Ate it." Yeah, uh, he tried to go to the sideline and run <laughs> up field, and it did not go great. It was also like for a high school kid, it was nearly 50 yards. Yeah. I was sitting there, I was excited to see if he could boot it that well far, that was that's the other thing so again north kitsap came to tumwater and tumwater last year and tumwater won this game eight six and that game featured north kitsap missing two 45 yard field goals in the second half uh anyway the tumwater offense drained the rest of the clock with a 12 play drive to seal the win cooper clark finished with 250 rushing yards and three touchdowns this was the most like ex- obviously they're making the state title game but even compared to like some of the stuff last year this was the most excited i've seen a tumwater team Probably period. Yeah. I mean, Dylan was covering it. It seemed like they were they were pumped. They were yeah. pretty pumped. Cooper Clark, sure. it was a party. Couldn't contain his emotions, which understandably so. Two hundred fifty yards, three touchdowns, and you know they were all talking about how this is a group that's grown up together. They've always, you know, growing up in Tumwater, you know what the standard is, and to be able to live up to that standard, especially on your home field, not doing so last season. Yep. And Clark personally having that big of a game and. I learned later in the week that his dad and uncle are actually both won state titles in 89 and 90. Uh, his dad, Keith, ended up going to USC. Um, 
was a Como prep athlete of the month at one point. And so just for him to kind of continue that, not only just the Tumwater element, but also just on a family level, he was very emotional and very happy after the game, as was everyone else. Um, Who's his dad? Is it Will Clark? Uh, Keith Clark. Oh. Keith and Kevin Clark. Oh. Not Will Clark, then? No. Not Will Clark. <laughs> uh, or Jack Clark. Yeah. Real Giants fans know. <laughs> Uh, in the one B's over at Moses Lake, Wilbur Creston Keller defeated Mossy Rock 66 22. Makes sense because Mossy Rock's one school and Wilbur Creston Keller is three, so they yeah. tripled them up. What uh, the hell? Sorry, yeah, sorry, nice. Mossy Rock. You are now part of Wilbur Creston Keller Mossy Rock School District. <laughs> Your Blueberry Festival is now a alfalfa festival. <laughs> it's um, the amoeba. Yeah. They've overtaken you. Um, the Vikings were down 44-14 at halftime. Zach Munoz ran for 21 yards, had 22 receiving yards, and also threw a 48-yard touchdown. All purpose. Maserak finishes its season with a 10-2 and record. Um, and, you know, same question on this one. Maserak underachieve, overachieve, do what they thought? I would say overachieve. I would say do what they thought. I think do what he thought. Do what we thought. It's cool for that program that, kind of like Ani, like it's cool that they are at the point where this is what they thought. Mm-hmm. coming in i mean they blew like we expected this year i think to go a little bit like last year where they were going to blow through everybody play nap play nacelle close and then go out try to go on a run state tournament and they did all that except for the fact that they also blew out nacelle they were clearly the best team in southwest washington and yeah then they just ran into the number two team in the state all right um you guys want to talk about global septic always yeah. Cody, how you doing? You taking any big dumps lately? <laughs> Next time you do. The, the amount of comments I got about <laughs> that from people that listen to the podcast from a couple weeks ago. Apparently. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the big takeaway and here. Their takeaway is Aaron asking me, hey, Cody, you take any big old dumps lately? Well, I mean, you I've know. just become the global septic poster boy at this point. You should. Thanksgiving you week, should. too. Like, yeah. I figured it would be irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, is there anything busy. better than just wrapping up that big Thanksgiving dinner and heading out to your front yard and climbing into a global septic sanitation station and just letting her fly? If they don't have Black Friday deals, they need to start <laughs> having a man that's like their Super Bowl. Uh, global septic provides septic service and sanitation, portable service and sanitation. For Thurston, Lewis, Mason, Cowlitz, and Grays Harbor counties, septic pumping, septic inspection, septic riser installation, commercial septic pumping, grease trap services, and obviously they will rent you a porta potty and a sink to go with it. Wash yourself afterwards. We got to get David. We got to introduce him to David Orr. Who, Cody? Yeah. 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 Who? <laughs> David Orr, the Centralia fast pitch coach, and also Owner. the king of Global Septic. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Mr. Goebel himself. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, visit GoebelSeptic.com, G-O-E-B-E-L, Septic.com, or give them a call, 360-736-2167. Tubi State Finals preview. It's Groundhog Day again. We should have gotten that up on the computer. I. What's the sound bite? Just, it's Groundhog Day? Again. The alarm clock, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Napavine is playing Okanagan for the fourth time in nine years. I think I covered the first two. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I'm sure I did. I remember last year we talked about how old you are. Yeah, pretty old. Um, yeah, I, I have covered. <laughs> I was trying, I, I yeah, pulled up. See now moment there. <laughs> I did. I was thinking about state title games earlier today and I was, for some reason I thought at the time Morton White Pass lost the finals 
seven nothing to I think it was Lindridsville Spray. Oh yeah, I remember looking at the brackets and seeing that. That uh, sounded like a banger of a game. It no, it wasn't. It was an awful game. <laughs> really? <laughs> the first play of the game, Lindridsville Spray cranked out a sixty-nine yard touchdown. Nice. That was it. For the last that had to forty be for the last yeah. yeah. <laughs> For the last 47 minutes and 44 seconds of the game, there was no scoring. I went through and reread my story, and I was like, damn, how did I get 800 words out of this? Uh, anyway. First he crossed the 50-yard line, then he crossed the 49-yard line, then he crossed the 48-yard line. <laughs> yeah, he fumbled at like, the 47. It's just quotes from Aaron Poquette being like, yeah, you know, we thought we just had to get some more stops, and it didn't help. It didn't do anything. <laughs> Weird game. Anyway, yeah, I was just reflecting on all the state title games I've covered, and there is only two instances since 2008 where there hasn't been a District 4 2B team in the finals. Uh, there, was the, there was the Kalama Okanagan year, I think, three or four years ago, five years ago. Who wasn't in District 4? Well, not a, not a Lewis oh, County. Okay coverage team yeah. and then there was the south bend year 2010 who was also district four <laughs> yeah well i mean not like a not a coverage area yeah team. no i I've got the the results for the follower polls on instagram for oh. this the outcome oh, of this game yep. we've uh, got scientific poll you yeah. conduct yeah. go ahead hey guess what i got on my last stats test now that you bring that up what'd, what'd, you, what'd you do a 97 let's go yeah so what do the people say we've got 56 votes for Okanagan and 214 for Napvine. How many of those 56 votes go to Onalaska High School? Do you? <laughs> I like four that I saw already. <laughs> Shout out uh, Kalama followers. Oh, for Kalama followers. Reposting <laughs> the final score graphic. The Kalama 14 year old <laughs> girls. <laughs> uh, how about the Tumwater preying game? on their downfall. <laughs> Oh, save that for the Tumwater preview. Oh, okay. you want the All poll right. for no, the Tumwater? No, we'll, we'll get you. We'll chime in with you when we. Get <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were leading into the stats about the Tumwater game. No, no, no. We'll get there in a minute. Um. Anyway, Napa and Okanagan, fourth time in nine years. We've already touched on how old I am. So just to refresher, <laughs> Napa beat Okanagan forty-one twenty-seven last year in the state title game, and on the fifty-yard line, uh, during the handshake line, Josh Fay told Okanagan coach Eric Judd, "That's Eric with a C and a K." Yep. See you next year. That was a great. That was I pulled that straight from the SB Live story. That was good. That was a good little line. Cold. And he was right. Um, you guys have got a bunch of stories in what Thursday's paper? Yeah, about I got how Ashton Demarest is the Bo Nix of Washington football. Dylan wrote that, and Josh, I assume, cursed. <laughs> I think I made that comparison. I think you made. Yeah, <laughs> go on. Uh, this will be his 39th start at quarterback. Um, Jesus. And yeah. The only reason it's not 42 is because they've earned the buy every year. And yeah, the only reason it's not more than that is because one was the COVID season was shortened his freshman year and his brother was starting. Yeah. Um, so ever since he's had the opportunity to start, he has. He has played every single going. game he could. Yeah. Yeah. Is this the last game of the Demers dynasty in that front? <laughs> it is. Uh, that's And before the Demers dynasty was Stanley. Dawson Stanley, Stanley. Wyatt, Wyatt Stanley, Stanley yeah. Tucker Stanley. So I got a Stanley there. This is yeah, also the end of a Stanley dynasty, I believe. And this is yeah. a younger one, which... That was uh, when I was done. A different Stanley, yeah. so. Oh, is there more? Well, there's, I, I don't know. These are, Kale is Rex's kid. Yep. Yes. And Tucker, Dawson, Wyatt, and Reese before them are all Skeeter's kids. Those are all cousins. Technical yeah. names. Uh, yeah, they're cousins. 
Well, Rex and Skeeter are brothers. Yeah. Uh, when I was down in Longview, the the Oregon Rainier had seven trip brothers, and six of them played quarterback one after the other for, I believe, God, like 16 years. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Ashton Demers has been doing this forever and got to talk to Josh Faye sort of about how he's grown and learned from his brother and – good story on, yeah it was uh he was actually a wide receiver for his brother a couple of those years and obviously he kind of you know nitpicked lathan's brain about you know being a quarterback and has over the years as well and it was kind of cool because lathan never ended up winning one with napa vine but was there last year yeah and so it just kind of felt like you know winning one for the family he thought he might have been the first his grandpa might have won a title back in morton when he was in high school but yeah, either way first time in a long time that you know he kind of brought a title not only to Napavine, but kind of just home to the family as well. And, um, yeah, his stats are wild. I think, if I remember correctly, he needs about 90-ish yards on the ground on Saturday to have back-to-back seasons with 2,000 yards through the air and a grand on the ground. And two touchdowns would put him over the century mark for the last two seasons. Pretty good. I asked. It was funny. I asked Josh Fade to sort of compare and contrast Lathan Demarest and Ashton Demarest. And he was like, Lathan was faster. He's probably the fastest, guy, one of the faster guys he's coached. He was extremely fast. I mean, he was quarterback in quotes a lot of the time. He was kind yeah. of the Kato Mazingo. Um, well, the joke I always made about Lathan was that, like, he boiled football down to his essence, which was just he got away from people and then he stayed away from people. Well, that was the thing. So Josh Faye's quote was they, they had what he, he had what he called scared speed, which was yeah. that when people were about to hit him, he got scared and ran even faster. Yeah. And his, and Faye's worked. Quote, and Faye's quote was Ashton doesn't do that. Cause, cause he doesn't care if he gets hit. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those, what's your 40 yard dash time? 0.1 seconds faster than the guy chasing me, no matter what <laughs> he was phenomenally fast. Oh, I remember the COVID year. I, the, um, their opener, they played Kalama, and it was him versus Essery, and I think he ran for like 400 yards, and they were just all 80-yard touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Essery did the same thing. Uh, he ran through a couple people, and he threw like two passes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, Lathan, Lathan Demarest, and they had Kata Vander, I think, hit one pass up the middle. That was about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, the other story you've got in Thursday's paper, since their star got hurt, the wide receiver group has proved how deep it is. This is a Kirschenbaum joint. It is. They have, I mean, Navavine pretty much brought, they, they graduated Max O'Neill, who really was more of a runner than a pass catcher from last season's team, but they brought back five receivers, including Carson Denault, who's probably the best athlete in Tubi in the area. And everybody kind of expected them to, to wreck, and they did. And then Carson Denault got hurt five weeks ago. And ever since then, it's been a lot more of an even group, and they've got... Uh, Connor Holmes, Kel Kelly, Colin Shields, and James Gross. And in five weeks, they've all four of them have led them in receiving yards at least once. And it's really been a lot more even. Uh, Holmes has become kind of the star in the past two weeks, but there's always a guy open for Demarest. And it's been cool to kind of see them balance that out, especially after probably their their top option uh, got hurt. All right, and then we've got some scouting reports on Okanagan, and it sounds like it's all the same as last year. I almost just copied my notes from last year's. <laughs> uh, like, you know, Okanagan, I remember last year I did, like, a primer on Okanagan. It's still two square miles. Uh, Jill Townsend still went to Okanagan, famous alumni. Oh, my favorite. Um, like, <laughs> the f- like, this is how much everything is the same. So I, last year they had Carter Kukenbu, who was their star quarterback, and did everything for him. Um, and then 
their lead back graduated, and I think one of their receivers graduated, and they decided to move Kukenbu to tight end, so they had a downfield passing game. And that lasted three weeks, and he's at quarterback again. <laughs> so they are the same. They're down one rusher. He's still 6'5". They're still running with a 6'5 quarterback. 6'5", 220, I think. It's pretty big. Josh Allen. Exactly. Yes. Um, it's about Jill Townsend size. <laughs> like, yeah. It's no, this. her brother was actually that big, though. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was in good. one of those state title games, right? You were saying. Jimmy Townsend. Yeah. yeah he was good. Okanagan's still good. Their defense has allowed six points since September. Um, they have pitched back-to-back shutouts in the playoffs. They beat Northwest Christian 21-0 in the semifinals, and it has now been 1,482 days since they have lost to anyone other than Napavine. And it'll keep going up. Uh, this podcast brought to you by Elam's Home Furnishings and Mattress Gallery. You guys, you guys need some furniture? Always. Of course you do, Dylan. Dylan's moving. You're moving? Moving to Tumwater next week. Hell yeah. Good for you. Don't dox yourself. Let's just give, <laughs> give our friends at Elam's Home Furnishings and Mattress Gallery a call. Or, you know, visit their website, elamshf.com. And you know what your, you know what your new sick bachelor pad's going to need? I don't know if it's a bachelor pad. I don't know what you're up to. Some living room furniture. <laughs> you sickos. <laughs> Maybe some group seating. I don't know. Maybe you're entertaining guests. New recliner. You yeah, definitely need sofas. a pool table, Dylan. Love seats, sectionals. <laughs> Trying to convince my my parents also just moved and are they moving in with you? No, they they bought a house. They're moving into his basement. The, <laughs> my dad was like, "What would you do with this upstairs room?" And I was like, "You put the couch in the corner. You put the TV there. You have room for a pool table and a beer fridge in the corner." And he was like, "I don't know if your mom's gonna like vibe with that, but I like it." I was like. Was that the exact words that your dad used? No. That's, <laughs> your my dad told me vibe with vibe that. With <laughs> your dad's like, sounds sick, bro. <laughs> anyway. I'm picking um, up what you're putting down here. <laughs> if you want to fill a uh, finished attic like Dylan's father, visit our friends at Elam's Home Finishings and Mattress Gallery, 1530 South Gold Street in Centralia, or as previously mentioned, visit them online, elamshf.com. Now for the 2A Finals preview. Cody, what do your statistics say is going to happen in this game? Well, let me pull it up real quick. This uh, poll is even more lopsided. We've got 44 for Anacortes and 242 votes for Tumwater. What are, so what now are the that percentages? 15% to 85. Okay. So, I mean, now that we figured it out, do we still have to, like, go? Can we still go to Husky Stadium I, now that we've decided everything? I mean, I, I, I mean, there's no use now. I mean, yeah, you just send this poll to the WIA and be yeah, like, both number one yeah. seeds have like 200 more it's, votes. So it's just you can just chalk. mail the trophy it's to like, Tumwater. It's, it's like fine. The playoff committee, they're the better team. So yeah, just, yeah exactly. what's the point yeah. of the games? We have a 300 person playoff committee. Don't tell on Alaska that of teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably not all teenagers. Not all of them. Like 12. I saw. I saw a little. Guy named Aaron Vantile voted. I did. <laughs> Teenager at heart. <laughs> should I should I unveil your I was picks? Trying to, I was trying to boost your numbers. Jeez, I didn't know I was going to get red to filth like this. <laughs> did you? Were you the one person who voted no on the should we continue these? Oh, <laughs> there was like four people that voted no, and I wanted to block all of them. I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> if, we're, if we're that much of a bother to you. God, such a draconian overlord of the yeah. Chronicle Instagram hey. accounts. I'm passionate about my work, man. Uh, you're doing a great job. Those are those are fun. I love to see it pop up. Uh, Tumwater is going for its seventh state title when it faces Anacortes, which is in the championship game for the first time ever. 
The Seahawks didn't even feel the team four years ago. What a come up for them. No, it's been good. They, um, I think I saw they've won, they're like 35 and six since coming back. So having a team, it's a cool story. Uh, they beat Enumclaw 34 20 to get here. And some stories in tomorrow's paper on this. Uh, first of all, Ethan Kastner is a game manager in the best way possible from Dylan. This is about their quarterback. It is. He, um, like most quarterbacks, would love nothing more than to air it out, but obviously that's not Tom Waters' style of play. Um, he's spent about a decade in that system, going back to youth football. Um, spent a year at fullback, but in my dad's paraphrased words, didn't really vibe with it, so he made uh-huh. the switch. <laughs> <laughs> Made the switch. I, so. I, I kind of love the idea of like Dylan's dad is the vibe king. Right now. <laughs> Can we get Mr. Cody Will- guy? Yeah, Cody, we get Mr. Wilhelm on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just imagining Cody like lining up as a freshman against Keith Olsen and getting put on his back and just being like, "Dude, I don't really like your vibe right now." <laughs> I, and I was spitting mud out of my teeth. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Kastner doesn't have to do a ton in that Tumwater offense. Um, but he always knows what he's seeing on the field. He's very, from the high school kids I've seen, he's one of, if not the most kind of knowledgeable kids about what he sees defensively. And, you know, Willie Garrow talked about giving him the freedom to he's making checks, at the, checks at the line, yeah. audible flip. At one point last week, um, he literally yelled over, Garrow, they're all lined up on the right. Next play is a run to the left. It went for a chunk play. I don't remember the exact yardage, but just yeah. that kind of freedom. And it really allows, it really just sets everybody up for success. And that big old line just makes life easy for whoever touches the ball. And yeah, he's a good kid too. Yeah, he um, hasn't, he has a lot of fun. He hasn't had a ton, he hasn't really gotten to open it up, but there have been a couple of games where he's opened up. He's got like a 75% completion percent yeah. on the season. He's still racked up like. He's, 1,800 passing yards or something like that. He's got 22 touchdowns to three picks. When when, when they do have him air it out, he's been extremely efficient. Uh, And then the other story, this one is another Kershaw-Bob joint. Tumwater's offensive line isn't huge, but it's got the T-Birds back to prominence. Josh, your thoughts? I mean, when you think of Tumwater, you think of Wing T, and you think of Power Run, and when you think of that, you think of them bringing, you know, five guys who are 6'3", 275 pounds for 2A football. And are, like North Kitsap, that's their line. They have oh, gu- yeah. guys who are massive. And Tumwater's had those in the past, Garrow was saying, but this year it's not this, this, that. This year they've got a couple guys coming back. Last year their line was just decimated by injuries. And it was way bigger, but they just had no consistency. And they've got, um, this year, uh, they've got a couple guards who are under 200 pounds. Orion Hari's, a, a, they're, I think they're left guard. Kate Contreras of the right guard. They're both on the smaller side. They've got um, Connor Griffiths, who is a 200-pound converted linebacker. He didn't even play D-line for them. He was all defense last year. He didn't play in, like on the line at all. He was like, I think he was a middle linebacker, they said. just And for Tumwater, like, Tumwater's quarterback has been a quarterback in Tumwater's system for the past decade. And their fullback has been playing fullback his entire life because his dad played fullback his entire life and his grandfather played fullback his entire life and meanwhile they're like the most important guy on their offensive line learned this skill like six months ago pretty much and they're just completely gelling and um garrow was saying that they're not gonna blow anybody off the ball but they have got that system down so much and they've had the consistency where i think they've had the same starting five every single game except for possibly one early on the season that they're just beating teams that are way bigger than them. And they're getting the results that you would expect Tumwater's rushing offense to have without maybe 
a line as big as you would expect Tumwater's offense to have. Well, you know what they say about the line. The yeah. Low man always wins. Yeah. They are. I was I was really impressed by their offensive line just because, like, I was, uh, like, down on the field pregame, and the North Kitsap D-line was just huge. I yeah, remember last like, year we compared North Kitsap's line to Wazoo's line, and Wazoo's line was, like, 10 pounds heavier on yeah. average. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I was, I'm, like, 6'1", and I'm, like, a tall, I'm, like, a, good size guy for 2B football and like these guys get out of their three-point stance and I'm looking up at them yep. and I'm like holy shit yeah they were um, huge and the thing about Tumwater last year and so many teams when you get to this Tumwater had this WFS had this when they played North Kitsap is some like there aren't a lot of close games physically like a lot of teams are good and a lot of teams will be good and then they will hit their limit when they face a team that is bigger than them and then it's lights out and you can't run and that was Tumwater last year they were great at manhandling smaller teams and then they played wf west and it was over and they could do nothing and last week you saw a good offensive line go up against a good defensive line and it really was a battle and tumwater had a lot of drives where not a whole lot happened but they got down to the fourth quarter and they did just enough to get those angles and get to that space and grind out a, a really back and forth battle in the trenches so i think that'll be the thing again this weekend uh, the scouting report on Anacortes from Willie Garrow. This is a quote. It just says, shit, they're fast. That was, I asked him. <laughs> I asked him, and he just goes, shit, they're fast. Uh, they've got, they are, so they're good. They have not been good for long. They're almost all juniors. They're skill positions. They have twins, ju- twin junior, three-star recruits, Brock and Brady Beaner. Um, and I'm going to get them confused. Banger of a name. <laughs> Two names. <laughs> Um, one of them is their lead tailback and he's rushed for like a thousand, 1100 yards. And one of them is kind of the, if you think of Yelm, like the Ronquillo kid where he's rushing for 500 yards and catching 600 yards. They got another guy, Rylan Lang, who Garrow said is probably the most underrated kid in the state. He caught three touchdowns. Their quarterback has like an 80% completion percentage through for five touchdowns last week. They're just all offensive firepower and... It's going to be a big test for Tom Waters' defense. My scouting report on Anna Cordes is they have sick uniforms. They do have. There's basically TCU's. Uniforms. They are TCU's, but they're sick. Yeah, they're sick. They're yeah. good. Uh, did you guys see the uh, was it Florida Atlantic? Florida Atlantic, the Miami Vice uniforms. Oh yeah, those were sick. Um, I was just like, yeah, those are fine. <laughs> uh, this podcast brought to you by Americool Heating and Air Conditioning. If the vibes are off in your house and Dylan's dad <laughs> is displeased. If you, if you touch the thermostat. <laughs> call Americool Heating and Air Conditioning. Uh, sorry, I, I minimized my screen for a second. Uh, at 360-948-2410, their 24-7 emergency service line. But during the day, you know, if things are things are cool, you can just call them at west.americoolonline.com. Check them out online. Or you can call them at night. Yeah, you know. Maybe you're maybe you're just lonely at night. You're yeah. like, hey, what's up? Uh, don't, don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I need somebody to warm me up. They're poor receptionist. <laughs> uh, your comfort is their business, providing full service HVAC installation services and repair with a 100% satisfaction guarantee on everything they do. Just like just us. like this podcast. Don't step on oh, Josh's dick, Cody. Come on. I thought we were Jeez. like all gonna say it together. No, it's well, Josh's. Is thing. it Josh's thing? Yeah, I've been saying it every week. <laughs> Just not <laughs> into the mic, apparently. Yeah, yeah. head your mic off. Um, yeah. Mute that man. My bad. West.americoolonline.com. Oh, they're the best. 
And yes, they are. Finally, we've got a brackets roundup. And boy, these final matchups, just beauties. You just run out of chalk, huh? Yeah, you know, uh, in the four A's, number one, Graham Kapowson versus number two, Lake Stevens. See, the committee got it right. The that, three A's. That'll be a really fun one. The three A's, number one, Yelm, plays number six, Bellevue. I don't know. Is Bellevue, did they just do some upsets? What's going uh, on? Yeah, I don't, I mean, it's one Is of those. Richfield volleyball situations. Yeah, yeah, it's like Bellevue's your two. Like, come on. I mean, obviously there are teams that are better than them. I don't remember who they beat in the semifinals, but. This is a matchup, Bellevue, so Yelm won the title. I think it was O'Day. I think it was O'Day, you're right. Um, and Yelm got here by beating Eastside Catholic, who is, you know, the four, and also are really, the, like, the three A's are probably better. Seven to zero. Yep. Bellevue beat O'Day? Yeah. No, finally, those scrappy, you know, underserved youths from Bellevue fought oh, back that, against the, the, the rich kids Yeah, from the O'Day. tyrannical uh, <laughs> private schools. Yeah, you, you see, you notice all the private schools that are just making football horrible by taking all the final championship spots. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Yelm won last year's state title, obviously, and Bellevue won it the year before. So that's a, it's not just one. It's one versus six, but it's a battle of the last two state champions. Uh, the 1A is number one Royal, number two Lakeside, nine mile falls. The one Cinderella story in football this year was number 12 Seton Catholic, who had a great run and then lost 42 to nothing for, to Royal, who has um, won three straight. Is they Royal a private school? No, they oh. just are in Royal City. Oh, yeah, I didn't. Hell yeah. Shout out to public schools, man. Yeah. yeah. And Hell then yeah. in the two Bs, of course, number one, Napa, and number two, Okanagan. And then the one Bs, number one, Liberty Bell out of Winthrop versus number two, Wilbur Creston Keller. All in all, six number one seeds made their title games, and four of these are number one. Five of them are number one versus number two. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah, you know what? The seating committee. It's a win for them, really. Except for those 3A clowns. What were they thinking? Um, everybody's going to Seattle this weekend. We're all going to yep. be there. You're going to be there. I, be I might, probably. <laughs> we shall see. We'll all be there. Uh, we're going to be helping out the Nisqually Valley News, so I'll be out there at the 3A game on Friday night. Me too. I'm but sure if I'm, too. if I'm not there, it'll be like a Casablanca situation on the light rail stage where you guys are like, where is he? Well, he's not here. <laughs> Dylan's like, Josh, we got to get on the, we got to get on the train. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that if you're not there, it's going to be like a, like last year's game. Where and if you are there, it's going to be another seven to nothing. It might be. I'll stay home. <laughs> uh, I guess if it's Yell and Bellevue, it could be another seven to nothing game. They seem to win low scoring battles. Could we get one um, of those like three, two Auburn Mississippi state games in one of these? Gross. I think that'd be really fun. Uh, and this is the one B's one A's and three A's are Friday. Yes. So the two B's two A's four yeah. A's Saturday. And they started 11. They started 11. They've added an extra hour between games to it's 11, two and five, 11, three and seven. Oh really? Yeah. So, um, that'll, they're hoping to give teams a little bit more time to celebrate before kicking them out. They are the one other thing about these number one seeds, including Napa Vine and Tumwater is it's at Husky stadium. The higher seed is the home team. The higher seed gets the home locker room. So you're going to get to both Tumwater and Napa Vine will get to get ready and prepare in the Huskies locker room, which is pretty cool. And Garrett was Sweet. saying, Garrett was saying it was cool. Cause like he had been there for like a coaching clinic and you know, you go in there and see Kate Otten's face on the wall for mm-hmm. all the pro Huskies and I'll be interesting. Try to see if Jerry can sneak in. Yeah. Be a fly on the wall at the. <laughs> Do you want to talk? Uh, we've got uh, about, you know, 20 seconds left. Do you want to talk about UW? 
Are, do you feel upset that they're not favored against Oregon despite no. being number three? Would you? No. <laughs> that's, no. Like, that's like I 10 know. points. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about basketball? I, no. There it is. I, <laughs> oh, Dylan wants to talk about something. I want to talk about Florida State. If they win, they should be in. I don't understand the people like. Oh, that's actually, that's actually <laughs> when I want to talk about the Pac-12 championship. I want to start the conspiracy that if Oregon beats UW and it's close, both teams should get in. I think both teams should so, be out. Who would? Who would be out if both teams got in? I don't care. I just ES, ESPN <laughs> does this weekly, they call it the anger index, where an yeah. ESPN writer ranks six to eight teams that they feel should be the most angry about the rankings. And they made the point they made about UW being a two this week. It started off by saying, like, how can UW be angry? They barely scrape by a five and seven wazoo. They're number three, they're 12 and 0, and they're in a win and in. And his point was, why are they in a win and in? Why should Oregon get the benefit of the of the doubt where the regular season matchup is essentially rendered meaningless. Um, and it does have to do with the fact that Florida state's still 12 and 0 Michigan and Georgia are probably going to be undefeated conference champs. Like there's a lot else. I just think, yeah, if, if Oregon it, wins and it's close and the season series is tied, Oregon should be two UW should be three and they should just break their tie. It would be great. If, All right, we're going to close it down there. <laughs> I got to pee. Don't uh, even get me started on Texas versus Bama. The game should matter. Have fun <laughs> at Husky Stadium, everybody. It should be great. 